Yo, what's happening, people? Come on in. It's Friday. Another free and D Friday podcast. I don't know if I'm going to pop up before I get back to this. I think the world needs five seasons of toughness. Uh, no. You know what I'm talking about? I'm forgiving. I'm forgiving. I'm forgiving. That. Greetings, family. As you come on, holler at me. Let me know what you got going on, where you are in the world today. And we're about to get started. Go ahead and invite your friends and your family in real quick. Uh, It's another Friday. Let me make sure I'm turned up over her for the recording. To make her with a shots I led to it. As you coming in, invite your friends, your family. Let them know we on this Friday for another Free Indeed Friday podcast. Do I sound like I'm dragging? Huh? Yeah, I feel like I am too. Those of you who are on Instagram, those of you who are on Facebook, come on in real quick. Let me stop the music as we get it jumped off for another Friday. It's free indeed Friday, as a matter of fact. Uh, and we're about to get it popping. Let me see, can I help you get through this traffic? Listen, what's, what's up, up, world? It's your boy, Pastor Free, and I'm excited for it to be another Friday. So that we can get it in this free indeed Friday. Uh, I got some things that I want to share. Hopefully that will be a blessing to you as we're trying to make our way through this thing called life. Um, So go ahead, invite your friends, invite your family in as we get ready to make it happen. I'm going to rock with you for about 35, 40, 45 minutes. Those of you who are in traffic, hopefully this this will help you get through the traffic. Um, also, please be mindful that the Free Indeed Friday podcast, you can catch it, the replay of it, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. I always forget. I know it's a third one, and I, I think I forget a third one every time, uh, whichever the third one is. I see my brother, Pastor Bobby Bullard, is on. Big shout-out to you today because you took me to lunch at Crab Kings. And that's all you got to do to get a shout-out on Friend D Friday's podcast is take me to lunch. Uh, but anyway, I love my big brother, and I thank God for you, man. For those of you who are coming on, say something. Don't just come on, say something. Brother Jason Allen, I see you. Good afternoon to you, man of God. I pray everything is well with you. I pray everything is well with your boys as well. As you're coming on, holler at me. Say something. Let me know that we're in the land of the living or the land of the dying, however you want to call it, uh, together as we're getting ready to go in. Listen, as we start off, I want to thank you, those of you who have already been supporting the Trauma Project. It is out. It's available for the world uh, to take advantage of. You can get the DVDs, 10 sermons uh, that help deal with various aspects of trauma. And then, of course, the Trauma Record is out on all digital music platforms. If you want a hard copy uh, and you're in the Austin area, just drive by Abundant Life Church or wait till I come to a church near you and we'll make 
make that available uh, for you. But also, if for whatever reason you want us to send it to you because you're in another place, all you got to do is go to our website, www.free, the letter ndministries.com, and place your order there, and we'll make sure that gets to you like ASAP. As a matter of fact, you can help me, friend. You can help me. You can help me by uh, giving some type of review or posting about the record or the sermon series. If it's been a blessing to you in any way, and you know it'll be a blessing to somebody else. Listen, when you go on these digital sites, you can stream a lot of time the music without downloading it. But I'm asking you, don't do that. Because guess what? I don't get that much money for your streams. I need you to download the record, put it in your Jeep, put it in your Buick, put it in your sonata and turn it up as loud as you possibly can and bang that trauma record if you know what i'm talking about listen so that was my freedings but it's time for us to get all the way into this thing and y'all know how we started off free funny you took my pen and i Sorry. was needing it no it's all right it's all right go ahead i'll use another utensil Here, you do okay all right so uh, what we're going to do right now is we're going to get into what I call free funny. Free funny. Uh, and free funny is basically when I give you some jokes to help you make it through uh, the day. My cousin, Geraldine Gibbs, Harrell, hey, cuz, how you? Love you. Sister Frances Evans, I see you. Afternoon to you as well. Uh, Pastor Buller, don't laugh. I was serious. That Crab King's minister to me in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to give this shameless plug uh, for them. I ain't getting no money from them yet, but I'm working on an endorsement or at least some free platters. But the Crab Kings is open in Pflugerville, uh, HT Products, and I'm so uh, grateful to see African-American business establishment doing good, doing well. So if you're in the Pflugerville area, go ahead and stop by the Crab Kings and get your grub on, you heard me. Tell them Pastor Free told you to come and see how many uh, Pastor Free recommendations it's going to take for them to give me one free plate. Sister Lisa, I see you. Hey, how you doing? I pray all is well. Listen, free funny. Let's get at it. This is called a newfound respect. Newfound respect. So there were these three guys talking. Two of them are talking about the amount of control they have over their wives, while the third guy remained quiet. After a while, one of the first two turns to the third and says, well, what about you? What sort of control do you have over your wife? The third fellow puffs out his chest, excuse me, and says, well, I'll tell you. Just the other night, my wife came to me crawling on her hands and knees. The first two guys were amazed. Their eyes were wide, and they have newfound respect for this guy. Wow, what happened then, they asked. The third fellow sighed and uttered, she said, get out from under that bed and fight me like a man. <laughs> oh, listen, when I read that one, it almost took me out while I was driving. Hey, I ain't got time to explain it. Here's another one. This is called The Weatherman. The Weatherman. So a film crew was on location deep in the desert. One day, an old Indian went up to the director and said, tomorrow rain." The next day, it rained. A week later, the Indian went up to the same director and said, tomorrow, storm. The next day, there was a hailstorm. This Indian is incredible, said the director. He told his secretary to hire the Indian to predict the weather. 
However, after several successful predictions, the old Indian didn't show up for two weeks. Finally, the director sent for him. I have to shoot a big scene tomorrow, said the director, and I'm depending on you. What will the, what will the weather be like? The Indian shrugged his shoulders. Don't know. Radio is broken. <laughs> oh, get it. He thought he was predicting the weather, but he was really just reporting what he heard. Listen, can I tell somebody that that's how some of these prophet liars are, that they act as though they are predicting something from some higher source when the truth of the matter is they're just reporting something that they've heard. But I ain't got time to camp out there. I've got bigger fish to fry this free indeed Friday. Listen. We're about to move into a segment that I call Free Time Music. Free, free time, time Music. music. Uh, usually during this segment, what I'll do is I'll play some music that I either own the rights to because I produced it, wrote it, uh, whatever, or an artist that I have been familiar with that I can showcase a spotlight uh, for the last two months. I've been playing uh, pieces off the trauma record, so I'm going to go to the back of the closet real quick and play you something uh, this that I'm about to play today is actually off of the unreleased, was supposed to be released record by No Weapon. Um, we had a, a EP that was supposed to come out. Well, the EP did come out, but it was supposed to be a teaser for an album, and that album may have been 10 years ago uh, called Maturity. Now we past mature, we old. Uh, but anyway, the songs still go hard. I was flipping through catalogs and came across this one, and this song just basically... Uh, uh, it knocks. It's called Let My Praise Out. I'm going to play a little bit of it, then we'll move on uh, with the podcast. Gotta let my praise out. Come on, make it perfect. Don't you think he's worth it? Gotta let my praise out. 
That was Let My Praise Out by No Weapon. The song is about 12, 13 years old. Uh, maybe one day we'll get around to fi finishing that record. Uh, who knows? Anyway, I got in my hand mm -hmm, the shrink wrap, perfectly packaged version of the trauma record. For those of you who are looking to get that, uh, you can get that in the various ways that I told you. So, that was free time music. Listen, I've got something I wanted to share with you today for my free rant. Free rant. And so, um, I, I think it might be something that would be beneficial or helpful uh, to a lot of people. So, go ahead and uh, share this video. Invite your friends. Invite your family in. Uh, because I think you'll really want to uh, receive this. I'm looking at a passage of scripture in Ezekiel chapter 24, Ezekiel chapter 24. And I actually was kind of preparing uh, because I'm next week I'm in Fort Worth in revival and I'll be preaching for um, the Baptist Ministers Union of Fort Worth one day while I'm there. And so I was preparing a message uh, mainly for preachers. But as I as I dealt with it, uh, I thought it was so relevant to a lot of people, as you saw in the title when I came on. It, it says that this is about moving forward with a broken heart, moving forward with a broken heart. Some of you already know friends and family members who are going through difficult and devastating times. I want you to share this video so that they can get on real quick to hear about how to move forward with a broken heart. I'm looking at Ezekiel chapter 24, uh, starting reading at verse 15. And the word of the Lord reads as such. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, um, with one blow, I am about to take away from you the delight of your eyes. Yet do not lament or weep or shed any tears. Groan quietly. Do not mourn for the dead. Keep your turban fast and your sandals uh, on your feet. Do not cover your mustache and beard or eat the customary food of mourners. So I spoke to the people in the morning, and in the evening, my wife died. The next morning, I did as I had been commanded. Then the people asked me, won't you tell us what these things have to do with us? Why are you acting like this? So I said to them, the word of the Lord came to me, say to the people of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I'm about to desecrate my sanctuary, the stronghold in which you take pride. The delight of your eyes, the object of your affection, the sons and daughters you left behind will fall by the sword and you will do as I have done. You will not cover your mustache and beard or eat the customary food of mourners. You will keep your turbans on your head and your sandals on your feet. You will not mourn or weep, but will waste away because of your sins and groan among yourselves. Ezekiel will be a sign to you. You will do just as he has done. When this happens, you will know that I am the sovereign Lord. Listen, I know that's a heavy passage, very dark, very difficult to read even. Uh, but I want to talk very briefly about moving forward with a broken heart. Listen, serving the Lord is difficult. It's a difficult thing in and of itself. Uh, it's, it's difficult to serve the Lord because most of the time what God calls us to do is countercultural. Right. He tells us to love the unlovable. Well, most of the time we don't want to love them. We want to slap the hell out of them. Yes. 
truth of the matter is serving God is hard because he wants us, um, you know, to, to sacrifice those things that we hold near and dear to ourselves, sometimes guilty pleasures. Uh, he wants us to prioritize others before ourselves. It's difficult to serve the Lord in and of itself. And, and as though, although it's difficult to serve the Lord and serving him is hard enough, sometimes we have to do it with a broken heart. Uh, what, what do you do when God has allowed the inevitable to happen in your life and you're in a place of pain or frustration, disappointment? Some people's hearts are broken because of divorce. Uh, some uh, who are pastors have been put out of churches. Some who have lost loved ones and been fired from jobs. You've heard of vicious rumors that have been spread about you. I'm talking about a broken heart. When you go to the doctor and he gives you a negative report or you're in financial distress, how do you move forward when your heart is broken? When everything that you thought brought you joy seems to be displaced. I can remember like it was yesterday in 2003, uh, the, the quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback, Brett Favre, who played for the Green Bay Packers at the time, his father died December the 22nd. I'll never forget because I can remember watching the game. On December the 23rd, Brett Favre came out and played one of the most historic games of his career. His father died on December 22nd. They had a great relationship, but he said he went out and he played for his father. And that particular game, December the 23rd, 2003, he threw for 399 yards, four touchdowns. They won the game 41 to 7 over the Oakland Raiders. I'll never forget the amazing exhibition of athleticism that Brett Favre put on with a broken heart. How in the world do you go out and give your best when really you don't feel like giving anything at all? The word of the Lord comes to Ezekiel in this passage that I read to you, and he warns Ezekiel. He says, I'm about to break your heart <laughs> so that you can minister to the people about how I'm going to break their heart. Three quick things I want to share with you, and then I'll move on. The first thing I heard the Lord say is that you can be obedient and still get your heart broken. I wish I had good news for you right there, but the truth of the matter is you can't live in a way of perfection that will cause you to avoid the difficulties of life. Just because your heart is broken doesn't mean God is upset with you. The truth of the matter is you can do everything right, and this is not what the people were doing. The people were not all right, but Ezekiel was. He was obeying the Lord. He was saying yes. He was continually making himself available, and yet and still God allowed his heart to be broken. And so I'm saying to somebody out there that's listening to me and you're wondering, what did you do to get yourself in this situation? The truth of the matter is it's not always punishment. Sometimes it's perfection. It's not always punishment. Sometimes it's pruning. It's very possible that you will experience devastating loss, hardship, heartbreak, because God is trying to produce something else in your life. But not only did I see that you can be obedient and still get your heart broken, the text says to me that when your heart gets broken, you should still be obedient. Now, this is where it gets difficult, because if I'm Ezekiel, the Bible says he went out and he preached in the morning and his wife died in the evening. And the next day he got up and did exactly what God commanded him to do. Now, you know how we are. We would have took some sick days or, or grief relief. What What is it called in the secular world when somebody died? What, you don't get days? Don't you get days? Grief? Huh? Bereavement? That's what they call it at work? 
I thought that was a church word. Anyway, in the airline. But anyway, you know how we we would have took that time off, did whatever we could to kind of mourn the loss of a loved one. But the Bible says because God had given Ezekiel a mandate that he wasn't sulking, he wasn't sitting around pitching a pity party. Even though his heart was broken, he got up, and this is what the text said, did exactly what the Lord commanded. Some of us get to the point where we say, God, if this is how you're going to do me, I ain't doing everything you asked me to do. Now, I might do some of it, but I ain't going to do all of it. Ezekiel was completely obedient, even with a broken heart. I believe the truth of the matter is sometimes when we go through what we go through, Satan takes advantage of those weak points. He takes advantage of those opportunities to say, see, God doesn't love you like you think he does. The plan that you thought God had for your life, if he really cared for you like he like you believe he does, why would he allow these things to happen? But when you know that, you know that, you know that God loves you, that his will is best for your life. You will obey him even when your heart doesn't feel like it. You'll cause your hands to be put to the plow even when your soul is vexed. Ezekiel shows us that in the midst of his grief and in his suffering, it does not excuse him from obedience, my God. So you can be obedient and still get your heart broken. Secondly, when your heart gets broken, you should still be obedient. Third thing, and then we'll move uh, on how you handle your broken heart will impact somebody else's obedience. In the context of the story, God is trying to explain to his people that he's about to desecrate the sanctuary, the temple. He's about to take that from them, something that they love, something that they enjoy. And unfortunately, before Ezekiel can preach the message, he's got to live the message. A whole lot of times people want to be in leadership. They want to be in spotlight. But the truth of the matter is there's some uncomfortable territory that comes along with being God's spokesman. Too often I've had to cry myself to sleep before I could tell somebody else joy comes in the morning. And so Ezekiel literally have to live through the heart, has to live through the heartbreak so that he can tell the people of God what heartbreak feels like and how God can deliver from it. Now, here's where the rubber meets the road. Do you know that there's somebody who's been watching your Sunday shout, somebody who's been reading your Facebook post of faith, somebody who sat in your Sunday school classes, somebody who's listened to your sermons, and none of it will mean anything if you fall apart when your heart is broken. There are some people who are literally waiting to observe how faithful you are when you get laid off your job. How much you really love God when your marriage is falling apart? What are you really going to do when the doctor gives you a negative report? Because at the end of the day, the sermon you live with a broken heart will be more effective than the sermon you preach when the sun is shining. My Lord. So um, the truth of the matter is, as I've said to us, we all go through, through those moments of having broken hearts. No matter how old you are, how much faith you have, how educated you have how educated you are, excuse me, we go through those moments and seasons where we hurt, where we grieve. Jesus Christ said in the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've already overcome the world. Now, how are we going to be overwhelmed by something he's already overcome? At the end of the day, we've got to hold fast to the peace that even though my heart is broken, joy cometh in the morning. The God I serve is not ever trying to break me. He's trying to make me. So sometimes I may go through process of storm and struggle and suffering and loneliness and disappointment. 
in the text, it was Ezekiel's wife that dies. And sometimes what God does is really close to home. As a matter of fact, sometimes the people that God uses to cause your heart to be broken are people who are close to you, people that you love. And Satan knows that if he can't get directly at you, he can get at you by getting at people who are close to you. However, you got to keep in mind that you can be obedient and still get your heart broken. You've got to realize that when your heart gets broken, you should still be obedient. And then finally, how you handle your broken heart will impact someone else's obedience. Let's move to free valuation, free free valuation. valuation. real quick. So um, those of you who are listening, those of you who are online, I want to ask this question to you. What are some of the things that you notice about your own behavior when your heart is broken? Uh, I know I'm asking you kind of to be vulnerable out the blue, uh, but the question is, what are some things that you notice about your behavior when your heart is broken? Whether you acknowledge it or not, all of us know what it's like to go through those moments where we're just kind of dealing with our own hurt. And those of you who are on, I just want to ask you, what are some things that you've noticed in yourself uh, when your heart is broken? I can personally say uh, when I'm going through those low moments, I kind of want to withdraw. And it doesn't matter who you are or how important you are to me. I just kind of want to be by myself. Uh, I guess it's the equivalence to whatever I kind of always call a pity party. Uh, But I'm more of an introverted person. So... When I can be isolated and kind of think and move how I want to move and, um, you know, sleep and eat and whatever else, that's kind of uh, the way I, I guess, heal. And so uh, sometimes being around too many people and trying to mask the broken heart uh, can be more difficult than anything else. And so I've noticed uh, detachment in my own life. Anyone else want to share how you uh, behave in the moments where you feel like your heart is broken? Y'all want to share? No? Just want to shoot that? It's okay. I don't mind sharing. Okay. Um, It is better for me to be alone and silent where I do not do or say anything to hurt the other people because I'm hurting. Hmm. That's fair, because hurting people hurt people. I actually think, ironically, I think that I try so hard not to hurt whoever hurt me that I may end up hurting other people. And I never thought about it in those terms. I, I try so intentionally hard not to retaliate or whatever that I may suppress it and then it come out and hmm. okay you want to share uh, <laughs> you don't you don't want to share <laughs> and I just <laughs> okay uh, well let me ask this question then because people online they're not responding they just they watching but they're not saying they're not this they reflecting yeah. reflecting quietly <laughs> isolating themselves in the process so um, then I would ask, how, how do you engage the process of healing your broken heart? Like what, what things are necessary or what things do you do to try to heal your broken heart? You want to share now? Yeah. Um, I think that 
You perked up. Like, okay. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I just surround myself around um, positive people or bringing those people into my life and So, so the, your surroundings make the difference, and people who can shed some light on your darkness. Nothing. Oh, oh, I don't. I was thinking. Oh. I was trying to think. Okay. Um, I I noticed that I do pray a lot. I pray a lot. I pray a lot. Period. But I pray a lot more when I'm really down. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder why. Maybe that's why God keeps me down. He likes talking to me. He likes your prayers. He likes talking to me, um, but I, I and I know that sounds cliched, uh, but I really do because I you know I can honestly say that talking to God makes me feel better, even when I just be cussing. I be cussing at God sometimes, not cussing at Him, but I cuss with Him. Well, that sounds like God be cussing with. I'm saying in my dialogue with the Lord. <laughs> Listen, I believe he said cast all your kids. And he didn't yeah, say the PG version. So sometimes, you know, I, I cuss in front of God so that I don't cuss other people. Yeah. And I, 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 always, I always feel better, even if momentarily. Anyway. Yes, go ahead. So when you listen to jazz music, it makes you feel better? Or it just helps you reflect? It, it helps me reflect because I'm not singing along. Because uh. <laughs> anytime music is on, I feel like I have to sing whatever is playing. Yeah. So when I listen to jazz music, there is no, now the problem is when I know the tune, I'm like... Yeah, but the, t- the tone of jazz music would make me sad. They have so many variations. Like, I listen to it when I want to relax, but if I'm down, it's just going to put me up <laughs> under the ground. No, that's Tony Braxton for me. That's, that's going to put me under the ground on my best day. <laughs> Lord, Tony. She just... Do not <laughs> a woman is not supposed to be a baritone I mean, in, in no circumstances. She's not. But if she's... You know, she's she's a baritone. A gift? I don't know. Tony Braxton is not a baritone. I was not making her a bass. She has baritone tendencies. She has a nice tenor voice. She has a nice tenor voice. <sighs> anyway. That's another one. I don't do Anita Baker either. A woman is not supposed to be lower than an alto. I'm, I better stop because I might offend somebody on here. Because I was, I was finna go the other route. You are not lower than an alto. She sing tenor by appointment, <laughs> but not but not by assignment, <laughs> not by creation. <laughs> anyway, now I'm just saying that because I do know some women who sing tenor very well. However, when a woman in her solo voice is singing tenor, it just don't do it for me. Okay, that's my point. You know, and you know everybody like what they like. Like, like you said, a, a man singing high, your phone is ringing. Uh, the phone, the phone is ringing. There's an animal in trouble. There's an animal in trouble. I always forget what that song. No, it's not Rescue Pets. No. It's like one of the shows, Your Children's Wars. 
used to. I, you know, yeah, I don't. Like it, it may have been Dora or something. Dora? Anyway, so those were the free valuations. Listen, I'm about to give out some flowers. Yeah. I just said I don't like when men sing up high, but my, my flower. Because I still haven't produced the flower, the free flower song, but I'm going to get it done. We're going to get it done. It's going to be so, so dope. But anyway, I'm about to give away these flowers, and I want to give the flowers away today. I know she's not watching at the moment, but I also know she'll go back and watch it later on because of her undying and unwavering love for me and support for our ministry. But I want to give flowers today to my mother in love, Melanie K. Mitchell. I want to give some flowers to my mother in love, Melanie K. Mitchell. She came into my life about 20 years. Dang. Whew. It's getting traumatic. The, the aging process is good. So about 20 years ago, she came into my life, uh, and I want to thank God for how our relationship has grown over these decades, uh, how she encourages me in a way only a mother could. Uh, there are times when she'll just kind of randomly text me out the blue to see how I'm doing or to encourage me, and it seemed like it's almost at the time where I need it the most. And so I want to thank God for you moms for being loving and supporting and encouraging and doing whatever you can at, at any given time for our family, uh, for our children to support and encourage our ministry. Not only that, but our church fellowship. Uh, she'll be down with us at the beginning of May as we celebrate our diva emphasis. She's a tremendous woman of God in the word. But not only that, an anointed psalmist, uh, praise and worship leader. She make good gumbo. Just a whole bunch of stuff, mama. I thank God for you. I, the gumbo kind of took me into another round. What's that? No, we don't like that. We don't like that version. We don't like it. Anyway, so moms, this is from your son in love, encouraging you to take these flowers, baby, baby. And matter of fact, when I see you, I'm going to give you some real ones. And I'm going to take you to Crab Kings, just as I promised in Jesus' name. So we've come to the end of the segment. Uh, and if there, are there any ask pastor free questions that we have? No. no. Well, I did receive, uh, a question via text message, um, this week. I received a question via text message this week and I responded to the person that I was going to answer the question on the podcast. And so, um, I hope they're paying attention or they catch this at some point. The question that I was asked was how did I know uh, that I was called to preach at such an early age. That was the question that I was asked. How did I know that I was called to preach at such an early age? I've shared this experience with some people, but I've never uh, publicly uh, mentioned it. But I'll do that at this point. When I was, that was extremely interesting. You know, we're recording in front of the whole world. <laughs> uh, uh, so... So, for those of you who do not know, I was I received my call to preach at the age of eight years old, and I preached my first sermon, my first public sermon, I'll say, uh, because I'm a firm believer that anybody who's been called to preach has probably been preaching in private long before they preach in public. I preached my first public sermon 
February the 25th, 1991. So two days before my ninth birthday. Um, now, I have been kind of struggling with God or wrestling with God, if you will, for at least a year prior to that. And on three distinct occasions, I heard an audible voice of God uh, and what I believe was him calling me to preach. Um, so one time I was in my aunt. Uh, who's gone on to be with the Lord. I thank God for my Aunt Geraldine. She kept me as a, as a kid. And so I was in her living room. I believe it may have been one summer or summer because I think we had moved to Austin by then. And I was watching TV. And literally the TV went down and I heard a voice from God um, telling me, and I, I won't go into the, the details of what he said, but essentially to go and to feed my sheep. Now, when you are a seven, eight-year-old child, you have no idea what that means. So I go back into the room and I ask her, did you say something? Now, of course, I knew it wasn't her voice because it, was it was a literal deep voice, right? I can't say it was what God sounds like because I think God sounds like whatever he wants to sound like at the time. Uh, but I heard this voice. It's crazy because the other day, I was driving in the car and I was listening to the trauma record uh, and I was in, we have a Buick LaCrosse and there's a function on the car that if you go faster, the the radio goes up and then when you come to a, a, a stop, the radio volume goes down. So I'm thinking I'm tripping because I'm like, man, I'm trying to bang my music and every time I come to a stop, the music gets lower. And I thought about the technology that kind of understands that the faster you go, the louder your engine's going to be so it compensates by turning your music up. That's dope technology to me. But I'm talking about 30 uh, years ago, God had technology going, don't miss me, that when, um, you know, he needed me to hear his voice, he turned the TV down. This is how it happened for me. Another time I was uh, taking a shower at home, and the next thing I know, I was in the shower preaching. I mean, full-fledged, you know, bar soap in my hand at the microphone going forth and then once I kind of came back to myself and realized hey dude you kind of tripping I heard the same voice saying the same thing again and then there was a third time where I heard the same voice at this time I, I kind of tell my mom and she says well you need to go talk to your pastor because I don't know nothing about that and so at that point she took me in to see my pastor and we had a conversation about what could possibly be going on in my life um, and at that point, we kind of start having conversations. So yes, at an eight, as eight year, at eight years old, excuse me, uh, I was sitting there trying to grapple with this call from God. I completely didn't understand what it meant at the time, and uh, there are times where I still don't think I knew what it meant um, because there are definitely some things that He has. Uh, exposed me to over the years that I never anticipated to be a part of the car. But anyway, that's how I knew because I heard an audible voice from God, first of all, and then it was affirmed or confirmed because it happened multiple times. And then a uh, conversation with my pastor to kind of help me to understand what it was. Now, that was my call experience. That was my call experience. However, I do believe God calls people in various ways, and everybody's call is not going to look the same as my call did, but that was how I was sure and certain at such a young age that God was calling me to preach the gospel. Anyway, it's been a dope Free Indeed Fridays podcast, in my opinion, and I'm about to let you get back to your Friday. My son has a basketball game in about an hour and 15 minutes, and I want to be front and center 
Uh, matter of fact, I think I got to get them there. So maybe I need to be a little. <laughs> I was. Uh, I wanted to be just a dad that show up and be like, "Hey, baby, I'm here." No, I got to make sure he get to the game on time. But, but anyway, I want to uh, cover you all with prayer. Uh, we're embarking upon. Uh, another weekend. The weekend is here. It's Friday, and I want you to not turn up too much. We spring forward on Sunday. That means we lose an hour. Oh my God! So church, this Sunday starts at nine nine ten, right? That's how you got to do it to get them here on time. Uh, be be because people don't do that. And when it went, you know, when they don't change it, when we file back, they show up a little early, so you win. That's if you have an iPhone, all right? Everybody phone. And... Do any Android users phone? <laughs> Does your phone change times? Please? Anyway, uh, so so we do lose an hour on Sunday, but I, y'all need to get here this Sunday, members of ALC. Oh, I'm super excited. I sat in the face of the Lord, and he gave me a word. I was getting concerned because I hadn't had time away, so I didn't know what I was preaching this Sunday. Oh, but I do. And we're starting a sermon series called I Need a Miracle. I'm going to be going through the miracles of Jesus, and I'm super excited. I, I don't plan to teach nothing. I'm just going to come in, open my Bible, and start hollering. No, what? I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Y'all don't know. Sometimes you just, I feel like I've talked thoroughly for the last two months. I deserve I deserve to just come in and be Baptist. I'm going to come in with a three-piece suit on and a black tie every Sunday for the next month and just... Holler about Jesus' miracles. <laughs> Myron, put me in A flat. Oh my God. That's how I'm going to start. Mm-hmm. No? No. Hmm. <laughs> well, I'm discouraged now because I definitely was planning to do just that. <laughs> nah, anyway. I see Pastor Galen Clark was on here. Greater Mount Zion, Austin. Shout out to you, man of God. And I'm about to log on off of here. But like I said, I don't want to leave you without covering you with prayer. So those of you who can, bow your heads. If you are doing something that uh, will not allow you to bow your head, like driving or frying chicken or anything that would (laughs) prohibit you from a posture of prayer, physical posture, then don't do it. Uh, Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we look to you as the author and the finisher of our faith. And Lord, we thank you for another day. Thank you for a day that we've never seen before, but has been coming ever since the beginning of time. You in your providence and your mercy have provided us with sufficient mercies and grace, Lord God, to cover us from all guilt and stain and unrighteousness. And for that, we say thank you. God, we confess that we're sinners. We believe your word, that you're faithful and just to forgive and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then your word, Lord God, encourages us to cast our cares on you, knowing that you care for us. So, Father, we bring our finances to you. We bring our family to you. We bring our health. We bring our schoolwork. We bring our our load, our responsibilities. We bring our hardships, our disappointments, our frustrations, even our heartbreak. Lord, we thank you for your word today that instructs us on how to move forward with a broken heart. And Father, somebody that got on the podcast today, uh, hears this podcast as it plays back, knows all too well what it feels like to be brokenhearted. And Lord God, I want to thank you that we can place our hearts in your hand and you can mend and you can restore. 
And Father, sometimes we've been brokenhearted by people and sometimes by circumstances and situations. And sometimes we've even broken our own hearts. Can't believe we did what we did. But Lord God, we thank you for being the God of another chance. Thank you, Lord, that the potter wants to put us back together again. So, Father, we come looking to you for strength, for renewal, for realignment. We come thanking you, Lord God, for making us whole again. And Lord, I come praying in the name of Jesus for those who may hear my voice with sickness in their body. You are Jehovah Rophi, the God who heals. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray that every need will be supplied. I pray that you would minimize any pain. I bind the spirit of discord. There are some individuals right now that are beefing, spatting, and fighting because they're simply not speaking the same language. They want the same thing. Things, but they don't have the same words to communicate and Satan is using that to drive a wedge in between them. I bind confusion. I bind discord. I bind disagreement. I bind those things in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for families. I pray, oh God, for ministries. I pray for our country. Lord, we just are in a season of election and Lord, ultimately you're working. Your will will be accomplished. I pray for this great nation in which we are blessed to live. Father, I pray even for the spread of this epidemic of the coronavirus and those who are anxious and those who um, have been affected, infected. Lord God, I pray that you would um, cause us to be healthy and cognitive and vigilant, Lord, aware of pending danger. Lord, just touch our world. We live in such a, a strange and dark and dismal world at times, and we just need the joy of the Lord to be our strength. So we ask these blessings in your darling son, Jesus' name, and we believe you by faith and count them done in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And thank God. Listen, I thank y'all so much for tuning in with your boy. I need you to go to the website, www.freewndministries.com and get your trauma products. Uh, listen, April 5th, the date is on my mind. I need this to be on my calendar because I already bought my ticket. April 5th. Lily is coming to town. Leandria Johnson is going to be at the St. James Community Baptist Church. Uh, and I'm going to be up in that thing. And I want <laughs> you to, if you if you want to get tickets, you can holler at my brother, Devon Odoms. Those of you who can, you can tag him uh, in the comments. And he'll be able to get you tickets. You There's a website, but I don't know what the site is. I know he can direct you. Uh, so let's support our sister church as they're bringing a gospel joy into our city. My favorite, what can I say? One of my favorite gospel artists in Jesus' name. Anyway, it's Pastor Free, and this has been another Free Indeed Friday podcast. Indeed Friday. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Ah, Lord.